Thanks for joining us for today's message. We want to encourage you to visit NBCOcala.com if you would like to support this ministry financially. You can also send us an email to GodStories at NBCOcala.com if you have a story to share about how God is working in your life. Enjoy the message. And help me welcome our internet audience, would you? God bless you guys. So glad you are with us. Peace to your house. You may be seated. You may be seated. 26 years ago, we did not have an internet audience. I'm not even sure there was an internet. Al Gore was still a boy inside. That's the way I understand it. Anyway, how's everybody? Hey, today we're going to do a message called Vision. Everybody say Vision. And uh, we'll dive into that in just a moment. Next week, I'm going to start a series, a super important series, and I know it will impact you because here's what it's on, temptation. Temptation. Did you know that you actually can overcome temptation? And we're going to look at some powerful things over the next few weeks regarding temptation. Uh, you do not want to miss it. You'll be tempted to miss it, but overcome that and uh, get here, and you'll, you'll be uh, glad that you did. Well, in 1989... We were living in Tampa, serving in a church, and I felt a leading in my heart, um, just like a holy frustration and a draw that I felt a leading to come to Ocala and to start a church. They call it church planting now. Uh, back then, I don't know what we called it, pioneering. And uh, so I came up to spy out the land, so to speak. So I drove up here in my uh, Chevrolet Spectrum. Never heard of that? That's because they quit making them because they're terrible. <laughs> anyway, I made it, thank God. And I was coming up I-75 North. And when I turned on the turn signal at State Road 200, College Road, when I turned on the turn signal, something very unique happened to me. I felt like this weightless warm blanket just kind of came on me and I began to weep and I was weepy for about probably half hour at least as I just kind of drove around. I've asked the Lord then and since, you know, what was that? Because it just to me was a sign and I wish I had such clarity on all decisions, you know, but I just had this overwhelming presence of God with me in that moment that I knew and uh, I really feel the purpose of that was so I wouldn't miss it. It It's like the Lord was really highlighting that to make sure that I, I didn't miss this, that this was part of my purpose and my call and my destiny, and, and um, I gl- I'm glad I didn't miss it. Um, and it came and kind of spied out the land and so forth, and now 26 years later, I am happy and humbled to report to you that there is a thriving, vibrant, beautiful, loving, generous, multicultural, multi-generational church in Ocala that's called Meadowbrook. Amen. And it is not cliche with me one bit, but I say in front of all of you, and I say it when none of you are around, to God be all the glory and all the honor and all the praise. Amen. It is not lost on me, and I'm not confused one bit about it that it's been God's grace. He has shown his grace, his incredible grace and mercy and patience and leading and help and provision and favor and blessing. And without that, except for all of those things, 
there would be nothing. There would be nothing. We wouldn't be here today. There, there would be nothing. And so that's not lost on me. I'm not confused about that at all. Without him, I can do nothing. And we can do nothing. But through him, we can do all things. Amen? Amen. Well, there's a little saying we have around here, and it goes like this. Church days affect the rest of our days. And we're going to have a little bit of a different message today. This is a lot of information, so buckle in, get ready, because I'm going to give you a lot of stuff. A lot of it be very familiar with you and some of you to kind of fill in some blanks on what are we doing here? Why, why are we doing this? What, what is the thought and the heart behind things? And, and give you kind of an overview that I think will help you. And that's why I'm calling this vision today. But church days affect the rest of your days. Would you read that with me again? Church days affect the rest of your days. And they really do. I said they really do. Something happens in our church days that doesn't happen in other things in other days. It really has an impact, a last, lasting impact. So church days affect the rest of our days. They do, and get ready for this, and they must. They must. The days we live in are dark and dangerous. People are hurting and confused more than ever, in my opinion. There's despair, there's hopelessness. People are pursuing things that in the end just do not fill. And they end up feeling used, damaged, empty, tired, cynical. And so if there was ever a day for the church to be the church, it's today. It's now. You and I were born and born again for such a time as this. Did you hear that? I mean, sometimes you say, well, it's, it's scary out there and this and that and things are changing and all that. But you've got to know that God saw this day and you and I were born and born again for such a time as this. It's been said that church is the hope of the world. I actually want to amend that a little bit. I want to augment it a little bit. Church done right is the hope of the world. And that is our firm and full commitment that we would do church Right. Do we always get it right? No, but our hearts are right. And God is able to correct us and adjust us quickly when that's the case. Well, we're endeavoring with all we, you know, I'd rather, I'd rather strike out swinging for the fence than standing there just holding the bat. Are y'all with me? I'd, I'd rather swing and put everything into it than just hold back and be afraid. And this is no time to be afraid. And I want to say it again because it resonates in my heart. You and I were born and born again for such a time as this. And God is wanting to use the church in a great way. Amen? Amen. Now, um, I ran across this quote recently. We will never change the world by going to church. We will only change the world by being the church. And to truly be the church that Jesus intended. And again, church done right is the hope of the world. Church done right is God's plan A to impact people. So today I want to look at some of the things we do and why we do them. And, and um, so that you can hear and feel the heartbeat of what we're doing. I think you'll be inspired. I think you'll be encouraged and informed today. And so let me share these things with you on kind of the what and why of Meadowbrook Church and our church days. And so we're going to put this all under the banner of vision. Everybody say vision again. If you go get your vision checked, what are, what are they checking? They're checking how you see, how you see. And so vision really has to do with what you can see. Sometimes you see a situation. I know it's happened to me numerous times. You see a setting 
And you don't just see what's going on or how things are the level of things going on. Here's, here's what you see. You see what could be and what should be, and that's what vision is. You, know, you see a situation, you go, you know what, I, I can see what this could be and what this should be. And that's, that's what vision is really about. Vision is also progressive. It's progressive. It, it gradually unfolds. It keeps changing. If, if I were to say today, uh, at, right after church, I'm going to drive to Albuquerque, and, and I'm not, okay? But if I was going to drive from here to Albuquerque, uh, there's no way that I would have in my mind or in your mind, he's just going to drive straight west. It's just going to be smooth and straight, you know, Ocala, Albuquerque, and he'll get there. How many of you know that that's kind of vision? It's like, where are you going? What are you going to do? But as you go on that path, you know, it, it changes. Gradually, you see more. You realize, okay, we got we to go completely north now in order to go west in just a little bit. And what is this hill? And what is this detour? And I'm hungry. And daddy, we got to go to the bathroom. And, you know, all the things that go with it. And there's an unfolding. And vision is the same way. I honestly believe that God could not trust us with the completeness of the vision unfolded to us from the beginning. Amen. I mean, if he showed us, here's everything. Here it all is. How many of you know we'd blow it? We would skip some things that we would deem to be not important and actually find out later those were most important. We would run right for the dessert. You know, and so instead, it is best, it is safe, uh, it is God glorifying, and it sure teaches us a lot that if we realize that vision is progressive. You know, I had no idea. I had some idea on a lot of things 26 years ago, but I got to tell you what, I had no idea on most things. Uh, when we started, I thought, you know, we're heading straight west on a a flat road, you know, and the reality is you really learn that vision truly is progressive. It continues to unfold. That being said, the message never changes. I said the message never changes. We're not authorized. We don't have a better message than his message. And so I'll I'll talk a little bit more about that in a moment, the authority of scripture in our life. But um, the message never changes, but hear this, the methods do change. The methods do change. You know, if we were still doing things just the way we did them 26 years ago, it'd probably be just me here. And I probably would have gotten frustrated and quit too. You know, but there's things that unfold and methods that change and, and help us to do a better job, and I'm grateful for that. Now, vision is not just a goal, but vision always must have a goal. Did you hear me on that? Vision is not just a goal, but vision must always have a goal. And so I want us to look real quick at our goal. What is our goal and goals here for Meadowbrook? What is a goal this morning? And I, I think a good place to, to start is our logo. Let me show you our logo real quick. And our logo has evolved and progressed through the years too. The first one, I just kind of hand drew. And then I got somebody who could draw better than me. And it was a little bit better than that. And then over the years, it's just continued. And what do you see here? A tree. It's not a trick question. It's not one of those Rorschach tests or something, okay? How many of you see a tree? And if, if you're seeing something really weird or something, just stay in your seat, okay? All right, all right. So a tree, and, and what's that about? Is it just where we are? There's a lot of trees around or something? Let's go to Jeremiah and look at this. And this has been our base passage from the very beginning. Thus says the Lord. Should we listen to that? Thus says the Lord, cursed. Let me give you a little insight. This Hebrew word for cursed, it's A-R-A-R, arar. And it actually means hemmed in with obstacles. 
rebels, powerless to resist. That's what happens. Cursed is the man who trusts in man. Bad choice. And makes flesh his strength, whose heart departs from the Lord. Look at his results. Look at the results he'll get. He shall be like a shrub in the desert. The Amplified Bible says naked and destitute in the desert. First of all, I don't want to be in the desert. Second of all, I don't want to be naked or destitute in the desert. Are you all here? He shall be like a shrub in the desert and shall not see when good comes. It doesn't say that good won't come, but he won't see when good comes because of all the other challenges going on. But shall inhabit the parched places in the wilderness in a salt land which is not inhabited. Let's go to verse 7. Blessed. Everybody say blessed. This is empowered and prospered and helped and smiled upon. Blessed is the man who trusts in, help me, the Lord. And whose hope is the Lord. Look at his results. He shall be like a tree. There we go. He shall be like a tree planted by the waters which spreads out its roots by the river and will not fear. Get this, will not fear when heat comes, but its leaf will be green and will not be anxious in the year of drought, nor will cease from yielding fruit. That's the goal. Now that's a metaphor, an powerful metaphor that we would be like that kind of tree. We, we try to say it in a number of different ways. One of the ways that we've said it is, is this way, that we would be a people that are more and more becoming more and more happy, help me, stable, fruitful, blessed, so that we could be a blessing and ultimately bring glory to God. Amen? And for all of you, so you get that, that we're, com- we're becoming more and more, like this tree, more and more happy and stable and fruitful and blessed so that we can be a blessing and bring glory to God. Amen. Now, we keep trying to find better ways to say this. And like our mission statement is this. And it's on the big hall, on the walls in the big hallways there. Finding peace on earth, transforming lives through the gospel of Christ. And we realize that's a process. And so a lot of times we talk about, and all of us as a staff and dream team, we have this in our mind. What are we doing here? We're trying to help people move from where they are to where God wants them to be. What are we trying to do here today? Uh, we're just trying to dress up and see what everybody else looks like and do this and do that. No, we're trying to help people to move from where they are to where God wants them to be. If you can remember that, say that with me. Helping people move from where they are to where God wants them to be. And that's a continual ongoing journey that we're all on that journey, but that's part of our goal. One of our goals for this service, and I, I declare this often as well, is, is twofold, that we would please God and we would help people. That we would please God and help people. I don't want to come and just do some religious stuff and see who's here. I don't want to try to just soothe something in our conscience. I, I want us to please God and help people. That's what we're here for. And it occurred to me a couple of weeks ago, I was saying that and praying that and thinking about that and realized that's a four-word prayer too. Please God, help people. Please God help people. Works that way as well. But vision is not a goal, but vision must have a goal. And vision cannot be separated from values. Get this. Vision cannot be separated from values. Uh, Don't miss this. I believe there are people that have had a vision for a business, for a ministry, for some kind of endeavor. They've had a vision, follow this, and that vision crashed 
And the reason it crashed is because they either did not have values, didn't identify and articulate their values, or they never really fully committed to their values. And so you can have vision all day long, but if you don't have values to inform and to govern and to guide that, it will crash. On the other end, you've got people, I've got, they got values galore, and they know what their values are, but they've never really connected those with or engaged with a God-given, life-giving vision. And what we must have together are values and vision. And I believe that the values help to guide and govern and empower what the vision is, is the things that we want to make uh, happen and to accomplish. So I want to take a few moments and we're going to look at our core values. Core values. We have many values. So do you. What are values? It's what's important to you. It's the thing you'll fight over. It's the thing that, you know, we can't, we can't negotiate that. This is important. This is the heart of it. This is the character of it. This is what guides and governs. So quickly, I'm going to go through our top five core values, and then we're going to look at some other things. Are you all with me? Yes. All right, because I'm moving fast. And I don't want to lose you, but I want to make sure you all all get this. You all all get this. You got that? All right. First one is, is this, biblical truth. Biblical truth. Go ahead and say it. Biblical truth. That means it is highly important to us. It is a a core value for us that part of what we're about is to properly understand and rightly divide God's word, that we minister in grace and truth, that we give practical application and lead you toward, excuse me, practical teaching that leads you towards application. I learned early on in in my life as a believer that spiritual knowledge without practical application is ignorance. And so what we've got to have is is application. Application is the proof of learning. And so as we learn these things, we're able to apply them. When we apply it, we become a doer. And the Bible says when you're a doer of his word, then you are blessed. And let me just say bottom line regarding biblical truth, scripture is our authority. Okay? For every event, everything in our culture, in our day, in our world, in your life, the bottom line for us is Scripture is our authority. We can't, we can't negotiate that. We can't change that. We don't want to. It's the eternal Word of God. Every other word uttered will fade away, but God's words will last forever. Amen. Secondly would be authenticity. Authenticity. That means that we're just the real deal. I've been in too many churches when I was growing up that, you know, it's, it was like you had to dress a certain way, you had to talk a certain way, you had to act a certain way, and then I saw them outside of there, and it was completely different. And I just think that we just need to be us, full of God, on our journey, growing in the things of God, and not fake anything, but be genuine and be real. Now, I'll tell you what our world can pick up when things are fake. And if we gather together in the name of the one true God and act all fake, I have no appetite for it. Further, I don't think we should hype. You know, I'm allergic to hype, I think, and manipulation. That's not the way you move people. That's not the way that, that, that we want to live our lives and especially do church. Authenticity, so that we're the same no matter where we are. It's just us, full of God, making progress in that walk. And authenticity is massively important to us as a value. The, ne- the next one is this, servant leadership. Everybody say that. Servant leadership. This is leading by example. This is serving people and honoring people and and, uh, setting a good example. It's actually the golden rule that you do to others like you'd have them do to you. And if you're in a place of leading, you lead others the way you would want to be led. 
How many of you have ever been in a work situation, a school situation, a team situation, a church situation where it's like, I can't stand how I'm being led. Why do they treat me that way? Talk to me that way. You know, I've talked to my children as they've taken different jobs and roles. I, I, I tell them, I said, you know, you shine and you keep a good attitude and you remember, you remember this. So one day when you are in charge, you'll know how to treat people right. I probably, honestly, and I hope none of them are watching any of the pastors I ever worked for. I honestly probably learn more what not to do than what to do. And so it's, it's important that we are servant leaders, all of us, because all of us have influence. And then we would just simply ask, how would I want to be treated? You know, what if I drop the eggs halfway across the kitchen? Would I want somebody to just come undone and throw things and yell or whatever? Or would I say, hey, you know, you, you know you need to be a little more careful with that, but let's clean this up and I'll help you and so forth. You know, servant leadership goes a long way. Where do we even get this idea of servant leadership? Jesus. Say his name, Jesus. Next would be this, family. Everybody say family. We are a family. We say it. We mean it. We hope it happens for everybody that when you come in here that you feel at home. We say welcome home. We are celebrating. We always have and we will continue to celebrate a multicultural, multi-generational church family. I want you to just look up and down your row real quick, and you're going to see multicultural and multi-generational. And I want to tell you something. It is beautiful. And right now in heaven, amen. <laughs> heaven is made up of every tongue, tribe, kindred, nation, and people. And I don't think we need to be all spread out here. I think we need to reflect heaven, have a slice of the city. Whoever's in the city, we should have a slice of the city. And, and so that's why I celebrate every week that we are multicultural, multi-generational. It's family. It's family. And in a family, we have different generations. And you will notice here that we put out great effort and great investment towards our next generation. We believe that God's truths and God's mercies are to all generations, and we are loyal to all generations. But I feel a need that we've got to invest and put out an extreme effort toward our next generation, because their battle is different than our battle. So often I've said, I'm so glad I'm not a teenager right now. I'm so glad I didn't have technology and have all of this and this and, and social media and all that garbage. I, I wish, I, I'm glad that I'm old. Actually, I'm not, I'm not old. I'm not. Stop. Okay. But what we've got to realize, they're fighting a different battle. And for most of us that come to church, we're already convinced. We know of God's goodness. We've learned some things. Hopefully, we're maturing in the things of God. But we have got to put out some kind of effort back there because of the battle that they face. And I'm so thankful for a church of all ages that gets it. That you understand, even if you're 80, 90 years old, and yes, we have people that are, you're excited about what we're doing for the young people. And that, and that we're not just, you know, I wish they'd sing my two songs that I like. <laughs> well, I'm sorry, then we're not your church, and I'm not trying to chase anybody out, but this is a family. And just like when family gathers together, we try to accommodate all the generations there, but we've got to realize the greatest need right now and the greatest battle is for this next generation. That's why we put out the effort, the investment, the energy that we do for our NBC kids, for Fuse JV, for Fuse and for C20. It is vitally important. We are locked on to it. And I'll tell you what, God is helping us. And I thank you for recognizing that and supporting it. 
And then one, one other core value, excellence, excellence. Who are we doing this for? We're doing this for the king of kings. This is for the kingdom of God. I think we should always do our best. Notice the word is not extravagant. And notice the word is not perfect. But the word is excellence. And excellence simply means this, that you do your best. And you do your best until you find out, you know what, we can do this a little bit better. And it requires a constant review and revision and so forth. But excellence, we're going to do our best. And I commit to you, we're always going to do our best. But our best will expire at some point because there's going to come a time where we can do better. And pray that we always have eyes and ears so that we can keep on with a ministry of excellence. So you take your values and you join them with vision. And that's what forms and informs why we do what we do and, what, and, and, and how we do what we do. And so in the recent years, we've narrowed the scope a little bit. How many of you have ever had the, and it's a treat to go to um, Cheesecake Factory. How many of you have ever been to Cheesecake Factory? Can I get an amen or something? I mean, what is it with you people? I have one problem with Cheesecake Factory, okay? Their menu. Their menu. That thing's massive. It's this big, and you open it up, there's got to be 65 pages in there. And no pictures. And it's just these lists. And I go in there having an idea what I think I might want. And then I get in there and I, it's, it's like algebra for me. All the letters just start to melt and blur. And I, I just ask the waiter, what should I eat? You know, and just, it's just too much. It's just too much. Or have you been to Baskin Robbins? And they got 31 flavors, at least. I go in there, I get confused. So I just go, chocolate, just give me chocolate. Okay. Can I get an amen on chocolate today? Yeah, yeah, there you are. There you are. Well, we've had to narrow the scope. But let me, here's the focus of it all. Look with me in Colossians 2.19, and I'm hurrying here. I'll put this in context for you in a moment. And they are not connected to Christ, the head of the body, for he holds the whole body together with its joints and ligaments, and it grows as God nourishes it. Now, the context of this Paul is saying there's some people that are not connected to Christ and not connected to the body in the right way. Who were they? They were people that had this obsession with angels and they had all kinds of little fringe visions. They would try to impose their thoughts and ideas and it still happens in this day. You know, and they've got all these fringe things and they try to impose on other people to to believe like they're believing. And Paul so boldly says they're not connected right. So I want to go to the principle, though. That's the context. So just take them out of this, and let's get the principle. Connected. Everybody say connected. Here's the goal. Here's the goal. To be connected to Christ, who is the head of the, of the body, for he, Christ, holds the whole body, that's you and I, together with its joints and ligaments, and it grows as God nourishes it. Here's the goal, is that you and I would be properly connected to Jesus, the head, and to the body of Christ. And when you're properly connected to Jesus, the head and the body of Christ with one another, when we're connected in those ways, God blesses it, God nourishes it, and that's how you really begin to grow and thrive as an individual. There is, this is no day for Lone Ranger Christianity. You can't just do this on your own. And I know you can order everything on the internet and so forth, but I'm telling you what, you've got to be connected right to Jesus, and you've got to be connected right with his body. Amen. And when we're connected in that way, and that's what we're after with everything we're doing. There are three settings. Let me, let me back up just one moment here. 
The main thing you need to concern yourself with is your spiritual growth. I know you're worried about your bank account and the kids going back to school and, you know, we're going to have to get the brakes done soon and, oh, I forgot to renew the tag and we've got all these other things that we're thinking about. But I'm telling you, the main thing you need to think about is your spiritual growth. Those other things have a place, but first things first, spiritual growth. And if you're healthy and growing spiritually, you're going to be healthy and growing in all other arenas of your life. You're going to have wisdom. You're going to have blessing. You're going to have courage. You're going to have patience. You're going to have what you need on those things. There are three settings that you must get in. And, and I've talked to you about this a lot. Three settings you have to get in. First of all is all alone. You've got to get all alone with God. I can't make you do it. I threaten you all the time. And I do everything I can to encourage you to do that. But you've got to get all alone. Everybody say all alone. Second thing is you've got to get all together. Everybody say all together. Here's here's example. We're all together. We come together. And the Bible says don't neglect this. Don't get any pattern in your life that, that causes you to neglect this. So all alone, all together. And then the third is this, together. Everybody say together. And that's smaller groups, fellowship, small groups, and all of those things. The small groups are are about to launch again as well. So I want to take just a moment. I'm going to rapidly go through these because I'm about out of time here this morning. I've got about five minutes, but I'm going to take five minutes. And um, I want to share with you about eight things that we do and, and, and as we've narrowed the scope here. The first is services, services. That's what we're in right now. This is the main event of the church. This is where we have worship in the word. This is where we lift up. And we listen up. And this is a primary focus that we all come together. Secondly would be growth track. Growth track. Who is it that we want to go through growth track? Everybody. Seriously. It runs concurrently. Four-week class to help you get informed and get involved and be part of the dream team. Discover gifts about yourself as well. Next would be groups. Everybody say groups. Groups are just vital. We are better together. This is one of the ways that we can get together in a setting where you are known, where you can know and be known and love and be loved and serve and be served. And something happens in those groups that's just vital. And today is also the deadline. If you're interested in becoming one of our group leaders, um, you want to get that in as well. And then outreach, outreach, Uh, care. I skipped it. Care. Everybody say care. And I really do care. This is where we try with staff and with Dream Team to meet practical and spiritual needs when people are going through challenging times. And it's an important part of what we do. Now, outreach. Outreach. Everybody say outreach. Outreach. This is finding and filling practical needs in our community. And I'm wanting to only increase this. We've got this army of a church and, and, and you're a generous, loving people and we need to in practical ways, show the love of God in our community. You just last week finished up our fill the bus endeavor. Uh, We had a goal of a thousand backpacks stuffed for kids going back to school. And you did it Meadowbrook style and you did 1,200 backpacks. And so I thank you for doing that. And it was all for my children. No, it wasn't. No, it wasn't. College Park uh, Elementary that's just nearby. We've kind of adopted them, helped them. Over 700 went there. Some went to Interfaith, to our own academy, to the Florida Youth Ranch, uh, to families and individuals within our church and within our community. Outreach. And then Academy. Academy in the Meadowbrook College. Education is a big value. Education is one of the keys to help you change your life and change lanes in life. And we've got our academy now in our 18th year, I think. And then our Southeastern Extension, fully accredited college extension, Meadowbrook. And they're about to, they're about to start up as well. Next would be events. Events. Everybody say events. 
We don't have events all the time where everybody out doing that. And your life is busy and the staff life is busy. And so events would be like Heart of a Woman. Tickets start for that today. It's a big event for our ladies. Six, seven hundred ladies will come to that and get encouraged and, and, and connected with some others. Uh, at Christmas time, what we do here at Meadowbrook and all the other events that we do. And then let me move on quickly to sacraments. Sacraments. These are sacred practices that we do. One would be communion. Everybody say communion. First Sunday of every month, we receive communion together as a family. Every other Sunday, I mean all the rest of the Sundays, right after service, you head right over there by that banner and by that door, and you can receive communion. There'll be pastors and dream team ready there to minister to you. You're going through something. You're seeking God. You just want to worship God in that way. They're there after every service. I may not tell you every service, but that's happening. After every service, there's prayer for people right up front. We've started also incorporating in service anointing with oil. We're receiving wonderful praise reports of, of that happening as well. Our next step corners in the back, those are things that, uh, those places are there and manned after every service. So you're wanting to, you know, uh, make further progress in your walk with God. You've got a friend with you and you want to get some information to help them start a relationship with Jesus. Next steps is there. And then one other thing, technology. Everybody say Technology. We're leveraging technology in every way that we know to in very effective ways where this message right now is going live stream anywhere in the world. We were on TV for a number of years. It was expensive. It was one half hour to a limited geographical place. And, and you know what? When, when we realize we can go all over the world, 24 hours a day, messages are archived. We've got people on oil rigs in the Gulf of Mexico. We've got Navy guys in the Mediterranean. We've got people all over the country. I've got missionary friends in Estonia. I mean, just all over the place, we're able to multiply the, the message in the ministry. And so we use technology for that. We must... We must make every effort at church done right. Church days affect the rest of our days. They have to. We can't miss. We can't miss. We can't just come and have an off week. Every week's got to be on. And all of us have got to have that heart and pray. Don't just come. Pray. Have you prayed about the service you're about to enter? You know, make that a practice of your life. I'm thankful for God's amazing grace. I'm thankful for my amazing family. I'm thankful for an incredible staff and dream team that here 26 years later, now there's people scattered all over this region and you're everywhere. People scattered all over this region that are the most hardworking, best looking, happy, stable, fruitful, blessed people that are making a difference being salt, being light, and being sugar in our community. Blessing our city, influencing our culture, and whether you knew it or not, the very presence and prayers of the people of God makes a difference and hold, holds back darkness. So this morning, I thank God for 26 years. And I trust God to help us to go from glory to glory, faith to faith, strength to strength, and victory to victory. Amen. Did y'all get anything at all out of this this morning?